Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Wednesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and we're grinding here on a Wednesday edition. I wanted to laugh as we came on because the Vols have proven me wrong. But I didn't. But I didn't. But uh, they did somehow uh, go up, shock the world in Lexington, and the thud that you heard was Big Blue Nation hitting the hitting the hardwood as as Tennessee goes up to Lexington knocks off the Wildcats the sixth ranked Wildcats came in on the bubble of a two seed Tennessee maybe knocked that chair leg right out from under them 81 to 73 was the final uh, a, a big time game from a lot of guys it wasn't the most beautiful thing in the world and and quite frankly in the second half Tennessee looked face-to-face with a 17-point deficit. So it wasn't it wasn't the fact that it just happened or there was a dominant performance, but there was a will to win that was good to see. It, it was something that I told people about Monday, the fact that turning a corner, winning a game that, that seemed to uh, – Want to slip out of your fingertips coming back and getting that Florida win, sealing that deal, how that could have pushed this team. And quite frankly, wow, uh, it, it did a lot to do just that. If you look at it, uh, dominant second half leave, leads the balls. Pass number six, Kentucky is the headline. John Fulkerson made a case for an all-SEC spot as he put 27 down against arguably one of the top two or three vote-getters for SEC Player of the Year. A career-high 27 points for John Fulkerson and a, a massive 29-9 second-half run and dominant defensive effort in the final 20 minutes. Got Tennessee an 81-73 comeback victory over the sixth-ranked Wildcats at Rupp Arena. The win was Tennessee's second in the last three trips to Lexington and made Rick Barnes the first Tennessee coach ever to win multiple games at Rupp Arena. And th- and that's a little bit of an asterisk because, uh, again, uh, the, the Rupp Arena part. Uh, Rupp Arena has not been uh, the, the lone stop for, for the Wildcats, so uh, that takes a few of the great Tennessee coaches out of this mix. But, nonetheless, Rick Barnes, they've been there for a minute, and Rick Barnes becomes the first Tennessee coach to get multiple wins up there. And here's the deal. Rick Barnes has had a really good record against Kentucky. You know, we talked about that yesterday, and we talk about the opportunities that, that presented itself, the pressure being on Kentucky, Tennessee just having to let it all hang loose and kind of play play tough and, and play smart. And quite frankly, they did that. Barnes said, our guys were confident. Even when we're down, we were down, and I walked into the timeout, they were talking to each other about, hey, we just can't keep making those turnovers and mistakes that we're making. They were great at driving the ball, and we really said, hey, we're going to get into those gaps, and they're going to have to make some jump shots. And we actually made some plays in the gaps where we knocked it through, got out in transition, got some baskets like that, 
And he said, we also tried to push the tempo a little bit. But when we got into a dead ball situation, we knew we were going to play through Fulke. Do you know what statement that makes for John Fulkerson? Like, does that resonate with people that don't know? John Fulkerson's a guy from Kingsport, Tennessee, that's long, lanky, and, and really, in a lot of ways, doesn't doesn't fit on the floor. Except he does. Except he knows how to play. You know, they were talking last night, and, and Grant, he got annihilated. He got... He when he went home last night, or when they went to the hotel, I'm not sure they're pr- they're playing. Probably hotel because as late as it was. When he went to wherever he laid his head down, he slept hard last night. No, no other way around it. Between elbows in the face, thrown to the floor, pushed into the crowd, it all happened to Fulky last night. He was in there banging around. With Richards, he was in there banging around with some of their other big men. And and quite frankly, they didn't know what to do with him. Between the high release and the physicality he was bringing to the table, they were were shook a little bit. They didn't understand this redshirt junior from Kingsport, Tennessee, was going to come in there and thump them. And he he was 7 of 7 at one point. He couldn't miss. They couldn't couldn't guard him. And even John Calipari said going into the half, he said – Number 10 out there can score at will. We've got to do something about that. But we're in good shape. Good first half. Oh, how things age. Prior to Tuesday night, or the Vols trailed by as many as 17 points in the, in the matchup. The second time this season, UT has come back to win when trailing by 15 or more. Tennessee's 51 second half points were the most. The Vols have scored in a half this season. That's a ton. 51 points and a half. Prior to Tuesday night, the last time Kentucky blew a lead of 17 or more was when Barnes Vols erased a 21-point deficit to post an 84-77 victory in Knoxville back in 2016. This is the first time in 130-plus tries that Kentucky has let down at home when leading at halftime. They haven't done that in 10 years. 10 years. All things come to an end. Fulkerson's 27 points Tuesday was a career high, tying 10 made field goals and a perfect 7 of 7 from the foul line. His scoring output marked his fourth 20-point performance in UT's last nine games and enhanced his standings to be that All-SEC candidate. To me, he's playing out of his mind. You don't you don't measure somebody's biceps or, or their, their vertical jump or their wingspan to give them all SEC nods, you look at the film, and Fulkerson has a lot of it that, that deserves that that look. Fulkerson said, I just think that when we're talking about it, doing whatever it takes to win, and Jordan, uh, you know, Fulkerson said that, and then Jordan Bone said, we never want to walk off the court and say to the other team, uh, wanted it more than us. So every time we leave the court, we want to want it more than them. We never want to have regrets or say they wanted it more. That's something that we pride ourselves in. You play hard and doing what it takes to win and just wanting it. And I thought Jordan Bowden did a good job of wanting it because that's been a question of mine for, for a minute is how bad does Jordan Bowden want the basketball when the time need, when the time comes? And I'll tell you, things worked through him in the second half. His sure-handed uh, you know, ball handling ability 
was was used in the second half because they knew he's a good free throw shooter. They knew he can handle it well. So get it to him. And if worst case scenario you score, you go to the line, or you hand it off to an open look. But no no other ways uh, do you deal with it. And and I thought he did that. The game wasn't perfect, but there was some nice moments in it. Freshman Josiah Jordan James Triple J also was huge for the Vols, scoring all of his season-high 16 points in the second half. James finished the night 5 of 9 from the field, 2 of 4 from three-point range, while also putting in seven rebounds and had a a game-high tying five assists. Defensive Player of the Year candidate Eve Pons delivered a clutch performance on the offensive end as he scored 12 of his 15 points in the second half. Pons concluded the night 6 of 9 from the field and drilled all three of his three-point attempts. So that's a, that's good for the stat line. Drives that average right on up there. Junior Jalen Johnson came off the bench to keep UT within striking distance in the first half, knocking down two three-pointers to cut UK's early 13-point lead just to seven. A balanced opening eight minutes had Kentucky holding a slim 14-11 lead with the under-12 media break. Fulkerson was on fire for the balls, knocking down each of his first four field goals and scoring nine points. Down the stretch of the opening half, the Cats briefly took a little bit of an upper hand, increasing their lead to 11 at the halftime break. And that's when Calipari said, you can't stop 10, but we're having a good half. And I, I, it's weird. You know, in hindsight's 20-20. By no means, again, even 20 minutes into this game, I liked what we were doing. I liked that we were battling a little bit, but Kentucky was up 11 with a battle. So I still was was a little skeptical about our opportunities to come back and win. I'll be completely honest with you. Kentucky came out in the second half and started to kind of pour it on, uh, stretching its advantage 51-34 to 34 just three minutes in. At that rate, I felt like the needle was on the E. I thought our gas tank was empty. But it wasn't. Uh, the Vols then responded with a 9-0 run spearheaded by five points by Josiah Jordan-James to cut the Wildcats' lead to just eight with just under 14 minutes to go in the game. Over the next seven minutes, the Vols expanded the run to 29-9 during a 10-minute stretch with balanced scoring and a lot of good defensive play to take the lead 63-60, to which was their first lead since the near 16-minute mark in the first half. In the game's final four minutes, that at that rate, I was scared to death. I was scared to death because if you look at it, you, you, you talk about the next seven minutes. So when we took the lead, there was right at six minutes to go in the game. And I said, well, this is cute. This is good. There's a lot of time left. There's a lot of time left. 63-60, first lead since the 16-minute mark in the first half. The game's final four minutes, which took a year, seems like. The Wildcats never regained the lead as multiple late stops and a 7-of-8 mark from the charity stripe sealed the deal in a Vols victory at Rupp Arena. Now, what's a stat to look for? Prior to Tuesday night, Kentucky was 129-0 over the last 10 seasons when it led by double digits at the half. That's the stat I drew up. The Wildcats led by 11, and then they let the rally occur. Again, ahead by 11, and you lose by 8. 
So a 19-point swing in 20 minutes of basketball. That's a, that's deteriorating all too common or too visible to a Tennessee basketball team. Bowden passes Schofield. Senior Jordan Bowden's lone three-point field goal moved him into sole possession of seventh place on UT's career list for three-point makes with 185 passing uh, the the draft pick E, uh, Admiral Schofield. So uh, that's a big thing to, to have for him. Uh, the the streak of blocks for Eve Ponds continues to roll on, and it sits at 30 consecutive games with his uh, one-block shot on Tuesday night early in the game. He upped his season block total to 71 and just three blocks away from breaking UT's single season record. The Vols return home to close out the regular season in a Saturday matchup with number 17 Auburn. Tip-off between the Vols and the Tigers is set for noon, and Jordan Bowden and Lamonte Turner will be honored prior to the game. There's tickets still available, and and what a homecoming it will be. You know, who would have thought the three-game stretch that included Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn, and Tennessee has an opportunity to sweep that dynamic. I tell you that that's something that you can you can you can ride home about because we talked about it earlier in the season. Go back and listen, and if you if you need to do that, go to thegrindonsports.com. We've got all the shows there for your taking. But here's the deal: if you want if you want to know what I said earlier in the year, here's a Cliff Notes edition. I want us to be the team nobody wants to play at the end of the year. And I'll be honest: the way John Fulkerson's playing the way Santiago Vescovi plays when its parents are watching, you don't want to play Tennessee right now. Yeah, we're not the we're not the most beautiful situation. And, and granted, I'm going to throw this out there. Here's the stat line. Tennessee still turned the basketball over. We had 15 turnovers. But we had 16 points off the turnovers we forced for the Cats. Forced them to 14 turnovers. We still got work to do. We still haven't played our best brand of basketball, as Boone would talk about. But you know what we have done? We've played on. We've continued to dig in and dig deep and do what we need to do uh, to get the wins. I thought Kentucky and, and Florida couldn't be any different in the way that the dynamic out, you know, kind of poured out. But at the same rate, the result was the same, a victory for Tennessee. And so I love the way that this team is shaping themselves. They understand who the leaders are. The game goes through John Fulkerson and Santiago Vescovi. Those two players are a one-two punch that Tennessee's using right now, and I like it. I'll be honest. Is it the most uh, vertically advantaged one-two punch? Is it the is it the most physically you know gifted one-two punch? No, but it's a bunch of daggum winners. It's a bunch of people that ain't going to give up. That'll put their body out there uh, to do what it takes to do it the right way. And I think that's why. Why Rick Barnes, you know, kind of embraced Fulkerson early on, and I think that's why Santiago Vescovi got pushed in and pushed out there uh, early when he was released to be able to play for Tennessee. But you look at it, 39 minutes for John Fulkerson, nearly went the distance, uh, had 27 points on the night. Josiah Jordan-James, 30 minutes, 16 points. Eve Pons, 39 minutes, 15 points. Jordan Bowden, 38 minutes, 11 points. Santiago Vescovi, 30 minutes, uh, four points. Jalen Johnson, 17 minutes, eight points. Probably some of his bigger 
his bigger minute totals of the uh, uh, of the season. Devontae gains five minutes, uh, no points, and then Euros Plovsic, two minutes, no points. Got him two quick fouls though. Uh, I will say, I will say, Euros. I love, I love a seven footer that's physical, and and we don't like that with Euros. Uh, I, I think you got to tune that a little bit, and you got to get to where he can play a smoother brand of basketball. Uh, but I tell you, Devontae Gaines, don't change a thing. Put him about 20 pounds on him and, and let him run. Defensively, he poked a couple away. I, I, I can't find the status how many he forced. But uh, Devontae Gaines, he, he doesn't care to poke at it. Uh, and, and you know what I love about last night's victory is we won it by eight points in spite of the whistle. In spite of what could have happened and what did happen at, at, a, at a grand scale, I mean, you watch this game. It was not perfectly officiated, which I'm 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 a complainer of officiating, but not a blamer of officiating. I've always said if it comes down to one call, you shouldn't have let it get that close, and I'll hold that on victories and losses, period. But here's the deal: there was a time when Fulkerson got an inbounds play, and their their little uh, oh, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it was the one that was on fire from three point land. He came in and and meant to poke it out, and he caught Fulkerson's arm and nearly ripped it out of socket and poked the ball loose and gets it, goes over and knocks down a three, and I thought I was going to have to turn the TV over. Like I thought I was going to explode because that's a foul. I don't care what paint's on the floor. I don't care whose name's spinning around the, the jumbotron. That's a foul. And it's got to be a foul at any point in the game, all 40 minutes. And it wasn't. And I said, you can't take this away from us. And that was at a point when it was really still in question. I mean, I think it was a six-point game at that point. He might have cut it to – it may have been a long two or or three. It was either cut it to four or three. I can't remember. But the problem with that is – or I guess the advantage. Let's spin it. I can always complain. The advantage to that is – Tennessee played on. John Fulkerson didn't sulk over that. He got to the other end of the floor and, and, and scored again and scored again or dished it to, to Bowden or dished it to Vescovi or probably one of the better plays of the night when the game was still in question, maybe a four-point game. Uh, Santiago drives on the basket, wanting to dish out to the corner to Bowden. Or maybe it was Josiah James, can't remember. Wants to dish to the corner. That's the play. It gets cut off. Well, instead of our normal set of boom, boom, double feet travel, turn it over. He sees Eve streak into that that little 10, 12-foot jumper he loves to take, and he kicks it over to him, and he knocks it down. Six-point game at that point. That's a big deal. Keeping it to six points was a big deal because Tennessee had to do that to get to get the, the, the I guess, the adrenaline pumping on their young players to make mistakes, and they sure did that. Uh, by the way, that was, uh, I believe, Ashton Hagens that poked around at Fulkerson and made me nearly uh, turn over a TV that I can't replace right now. Uh, but their their point scoring looked like this. Tyreek, Tyrese Maxey, 37 minutes, 21 points. Emmanuel Quickly, 39 minutes, 15 points. Nick Richards, 30 minutes, 12 points. And Ashton Hagens. 
26 minutes, 11 points. Some late uh, late game miscues by Ashton Hagens uh, changed the dynamic of this game. Uh, Nate Sestina, he had 15 minutes, two points, a big cleanup dunk it was his points. Johnny Juzang, 16 minutes, six points. Keon Brooks Jr. had four points on 10 minutes. And EJ Montgomery, 27 minutes, just two points. And maybe the most dramatic player on the floor. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Hilarious. He got he had two fouls on him. Let me let me make sure that's right. No, he ended up with four fouls. Yeah, he got some of those late those late hand check deals. But anyway, EJ Montgomery was hilarious because it didn't matter if he put somebody to the floor or if he just barely grazed him. He would go halfway across the floor going, you know, doing that. I didn't do it. And I'm like, come on, man. Come, it's basketball. They're gonna blow the whistle on something. Just just live with it. Just live it. But he would literally he would do that little little crow hop thing, you know, where where you he would kind of go, oh and I'm like get back. Sit down. Shut up. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm getting to a point and, and I don't mean I don't mean to be this way. But uh, but I'm this way. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to be that get off my yard character, but at the same rate, you know, act like you've been there before. You that's not the first foul's ever been called on you, nor the as the physical brand you play. The last time a foul's going to be called on you, so just kind of understand where you're at, do what you need to do, and, and deal with it. You know, act like you've been there before. But you know, hey, maybe he hasn't. But Tennessee gets the victory over the Cats, 81-73. to In Rupp Arena, a different-looking Tennessee team as we head to the finish of the regular season. Again, Saturday is the final game of the regular season. Lamonte Turner, Jordan Bowden to be recognized at TBA. That's a game to get to. Bruce Pearl comes back to Knoxville. Tennessee's on a hot street having defeated Florida and Kentucky with an opportunity to close out a really nice regular season. It's a season that you can look back and say we let a few go, but you can also Saturday hopefully see a team that finished the way you want them to finish with nobody wanting to see the volunteers show up on their doorstep. And that's what I love about it. That's what this team has done. And again, you should be excited about what comes out of this. But a a reason to get excited for the grind 42SD.com, 42nd Street Marketing, a group that I'm starting to use to rebuild the brand or build the brand uh, that is The Grind. Uh, You can do that as well if you want a way to get your your idea or your business the exposure it looks like and you want that professional look, check out my guys at 42nd Street. Jana, Mike will be the ones you talk to, and they'll set you up with some great people to do some great design work for your business. 865 382 7007 is their number, or you can check them out online at 42sd.com. I'm doing it. You'll enjoy it. Check out the grindonsports.com here in the next week or so, and you'll see their work in action. So, again, love what they're doing for the grind, and I think they would be able to help you as well. So, again, check them out, 42sd.com or 865 382 We're going to get out, take a break, listen to these fine sponsors, but you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. 
hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Tired of your current job? Looking for a career change? Take the first step by attending the Blunt County Job Fair on March 24th from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Foothills Mall in Maryville. Sponsored by Blackberry Farm, Pellissippi State Community College, Clayton Homes, and the City of Maryville, more than 40 employers will be on hand with jobs available in hospitality, medical services, telecommunications, construction, internet technology, and much more. So find your next career at the Blunt County Job Fair on March 24th at Foothills Mall. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. As we near the halfway point of the show, want to kind of, one, step back and and remember uh, those that have been lost in Nashville. Uh, again, Nashville strong is, is kind of the thing. And, and, of course, 
knowing a lot of people that that have family in the Nashville area, have a lot of people uh, that they're they're close with that live in Nashville. So again, I hope those that you you know are, are safe. But again, want to remember those who who have lost their life. Toll was up to twenty five the last time I heard, and there was seventy people un un you know unfound at this point. So again, want want those people to come home safe, and want that uh, that devastation that is uh, to kind of come to a close. I, that's it's a situation that you don't expect. Uh, again, tornadoes in East Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, is not a thing. It's not normal. That's why when it happens, it's pretty devastating. It, it kind of peeled off right there uh, in, in kind of outskirts downtown Nashville, and then went all the way through Hermitage, and and really a lot of a lot of devastation left in its wake. Saw on uh, on on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole the whole nine. A lot of people uh, were reporting that they they still hadn't contacted their family member, or they still hadn't found out the the status. So again, in, in my mind, I, it, it's amazing as you get older, the things that change for you, the way you feel about situations change. And if you ain't there yet, you're getting there. So just wait on it. Or if you're there, welcome. I'm here. But uh, you you have kids and things change. You you feel different about things because as a young person, things are very two dimensional. You know, it's it's guy, it's girl, it's me. It's all individualized, if you will, I, or at least it was for me. Maybe I was just a bad apple. I, I don't know. But everything young young life was very one dimensional. The, the the relationships, the 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 lasting effects, the the trickle didn't hit home with me. So the fact that now this gentleman that maybe lost his life has a wife, has children, has parents, has friends, has work friends, all that dynamic, and all that's been disrupted by. Uh, a one or two hour event there was a whole family it was put on twitter i i I don't want to say the guy's name but it was it was a cousin of of someone that i follow and a man woman and small child all lost their life in the tornado not sure if they were in hermitage or nashville whatever doesn't matter they were in the nashville area and they and, and they were a victim of this that that sent shockwaves to me. One, because I have small children. So anytime I see a child that lost his life, it's kind of an ungluing moment for me. But the fact that they planned on going to work the next day, he planned on going to daycare the next day, she had to figure out how to drop him off at daycare and go. I mean, that whole dynamic just hits me a little, a little different. And as you get older, I guess that that's part of it. That's what that's what Dad says. That's what my parents say. But I just I can't fathom what people are going through right now. And, and you know, some people are alive, but they don't have a home to go back to. They don't have anywhere to go because their 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 workplace, their home place, their their living is no more. There, there's an apartment building in Nashville that has a car on the third or fourth story stairs because the tornado put it there. That's scary. Nature, the whole gamut of tornadoes is scary. But anyway, I say all that to say this. Prayers are with Nashville. 
uh, thoughts are with Nashville. And, and again, I hope if you have family there, if you have friends there, you've gotten contact with them that you know they're safe. Because again, it's it's now it's about it's about helping people. It's not about better them than us, or it's not about you know what whatever. It's about we could very easily be in that situation, protected by the mountains or not. This happened, so we need to we need to we need to be there for those people. We need to help when we can, and we need to send resources if that's an option and is available. But again, prayers with uh, with Nashville and uh, and the victims there of the tornado or the extended victims uh, of said tornado. Uh, but as as the week progresses, uh, last two nights really really created some buzz around the the East Tennessee area as regional basketball continued on uh, in Class AA and AAA. And again, those are the two brackets. Single A's going on, but AA and AAA are where the Blunt County affiliate affiliated schools uh, reside. If you look at the ladies bracket, uh, the AA girls bracket uh, came to an end for the Alcoa Lady Tornadoes as they were defeated Monday night by the Gatlinburg-Pittman Highlanders, uh, 55-49. to 45. Gatlinburg-Pittman will go on to play Carter in the regional championship. Both teams will be in the sectional round. It's just whether they will host or be on the road. So, again, great season for the Lady Tornadoes of Alcoa, and it comes to a close there in the semis of the Region AA tournament, Region 2A tournament. In the, the ladies' bracket for AAA, you look at it, and Maryville had to play Oak Ridge on Monday Monday night, 6 p.m. start time, and the Lady Rebels improved to 28-4 and on the season as they defeat Oak Ridge 71 to 67. Not an easy game to, to get the victory for the Lady Rebels, but a late uh, a late play by Vananda and, and of course Fritz being in the mix. Uh, get the Lady Rebels the victory 71 to 67 over Oak Ridge. They will play Bearden at Bearden uh, tonight, 7 p.m. Uh, for an opportunity uh, to host a uh, host a sectional game and have a regional championship to add to the trophy case as uh, as coach west and the ladies have a little bit of a a little bit of a chip as they were unable to close out the district have an opportunity to close out the region so i think i think that opportunity is there to be had and they will play the homestanding bearden lady bulldogs for an opportunity to do that if they were to fall to bearden tonight they would go and play the the winner of Science Hill Daniel Boone, that's the Region One uh, bracket. There, the winner will will play the the loser of the the Region Two game, and the 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 loser of the Region One game would play the winner of the Region Two game. So a little flippy flop there, Region One and Two, uh, Region One winner hosts, Region Two winner hosts. So hope the Lady Rebels can have just one more matchup there at Maryville High School. But I I wish the best for them. And I think if you look at the box scores of what they've been able to do, Bearden's going to do a lot of things defensively, holding Halls and Farragut to 27 and 42 points respectively. But also you got to slow them down from the scoring as they've scored 68 and 58. But you look at Maryville, they've scored in 70 in the 70s both games, 71 against, or 77 against Clinton and 71 against Oak Ridge. So keep up the scoring, 
and put the defensive brakes on, and you should be well on your way to hosting a sectional game and being a regional champion. Wish the best for Coach West and his ladies as they go into battle there tonight. But on the boys' side of things, uh, the the Alcoa Tornadoes move on to the championship round of the AA championship, regional championship as the Alcoa Tornadoes will play the host school, the Fulton Falcons. The game will be Thursday, March 5th, 7 p.m. Uh, as Alcoa will head to Fulton as Fulton's the site for the regional championship, but they will play the host school to have an opportunity to host their own sectional round game. If they win, they will play the loser of Sullivan South and Greenville. If they were to drop the championship game to the Falcons, they will play the winner of Sullivan South and Greenville. Wish the best for the Alcoa Tornadoes. They will play that game Thursday, March the 5th, 7 p.m. start time. So check that out if you are a Tornado follower. On the 3A side of things, on the AAA bracket, uh, again, the the Rebels, Joe Anderson-led Red Rebels, are on the march to a championship as the the Rebels match out the district and then come in and win against Carnes 69-41 and then defeat the Clinton Dragons 80-53 to set the stage for a championship matchup Thursday against Oak Ridge. The game will be played at Maryville High School. I don't know that that's true. I thought it was played at Bearden. But nonetheless, Maryville High School will be the host site for Thursday's matchup. 7 p.m. start time, Maryville and Oak Ridge. So check that out uh, and check where you can watch this game. Uh, NFHS will have it. And, of course, you can ride on down to Maryville High School. If the Red Rebels are to win, they will host the loser of Science Hill and Dobbins Bennett. And if they win, or and if they drop to Oak Ridge, they will play the winner of Science Hill, Dobbins Bennett. So a sectional berth has happened. Uh, they did. They sealed that deal last night as Joe Anderson went off for 17 first-half points and, uh, and really uh, made his presence felt in that basketball game as he had a great finish. And, uh, and a lot of that, that Red Rebel offense goes through Joe Anderson as that is what it should do. A, a sectional berth for the Red Rebels, first time since 2014-2015. So Coach Mark Eldridge has to be happy about that. But again, Maryville and Oak Ridge at Maryville High School uh, for a chance to host the regional championship uh, as the winner of Region 2 and the re- winner of Region 1 will host that sectional matchup on Monday night. So wish the best for the Rebels. Wish the best for the Tornadoes. And, of course, tonight, wish the best for Coach West and his Lady Rebels. So those are the uh, those are the, the representatives that will be had for, for the local Blount County area. Get out, support those. You can go to Fulton to see the Tornadoes, and you can go to Bearden to see the Lady Rebels, or you could stay in town Thursday night and check out those Red Rebels. A great team, the all-time leading scorer in Maryville High School basketball history, Joe Anderson. Check him out. It's worth a watch. It's worth the price of admission. I can guarantee that. But we're going to take our last break of the day, listen to these great sponsors. Again, if you need some branding, need to get that image up, 
Check out my guys at 42SD, 42SD.com, 42nd Street Marketing. You won't be you won't be disappointed. You'll be glad you did. Do it. Check them out again, 865-382-7007. Check it out online, 42SD.com. You'll be happy. I can guarantee it. But we're going to take a break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, Tennessee baseball putting up gaudy numbers and getting recognition that it deserves. Tennessee baseball annihilates Longwood. We'll tell you how they do it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. Rocky Top Sports, we'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Maintaining the health of your diesel equipment can extend the life of your engines. At Rule King, maintaining your engines with T4 Shell Rotella diesel oil can extend the life of your wallet. While supplies last, a five-gallon container of Rotella T4 motor oil is just $33.99 after rebate. Two and a half gallons, just $16.99 after rebate. Limit four per household. In a rush? Buy online at RuleKing.com and we'll have it ready for you to pick up at your local Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. The Alcoa Kiwanis Antique Appraisal Fair is coming up Saturday, March 14th, 2020 from 10 to 2.30 at the Maryville First Baptist Church Family Life Center, 202 West Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville. And all proceeds support the Alcoa Kiwanis projects. The appraisers are caseantiques.com. So bring your coins, gold, books and documents, guns and military items. Appraisals for individual items are $5 each. General opinions for large collections, $15. And chili lunches will be available. It's the Alcoa Kiwanis Antique Appraisal Fair, Saturday, March 14th, at the Maryville First Baptist Church Family Life Center at 202 West Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville. For more information, contact David Dugan at 865-984-6551. We'll see you there. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, 
thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation review and assurance services. It's Whitlock and Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock and Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Celebrate 100 years of outstanding economic progress in the Blount County community, the Blount Chamber is pulling out all the stops by bringing in America's number one corporate and private party band, Party on the Moon, to the new event venue at the Airport Hilton on Saturday, March 7th for their anniversary celebration concert and dinner. The anniversary celebration kicks off from 6 to 7 with a lively cocktail hour of music and interactive displays, followed by an outstanding buffet and three hours of non-stop performance by Party on the Moon, the 13-member band. No stuffy speeches, this live band has something for everyone. General admission tickets to the event are $100 each and can be purchased by calling 865-983-2241 or online at bluntchamber.com. The Hilton is offering discounted hotel room rates of $99 for members wishing to stay overnight, group rates of $500 for six admission tickets, and $1,000 table rates for 10 tickets. For detailed information, visit bluntchamber.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to The Grind. Tennessee baseball, moving a little around Tennessee as we talk. Started with Tennessee basketball. They're upset of the Cats, the sixth-ranked Cats in Rupp Arena, 81-73. Talked local basketball as the Alcoa Tornadoes and then the Lady Rebels and Rebels advanced to the regional championship round uh, to be played tonight and tomorrow night, respectively. Um, and then we will finish today's show on about a 12-minute rant about Tennessee baseball and the fun that it is to watch this team play. 13-0 and on the season after a dismantling of Longwood, a 3-9 and coming into the contest and a 3-10 and exiting Longwood. 28-2, to the score that the, the Vols put on uh, Longwood. A lot of people's looking at it and going, what is there to talk about? It was it was a 26-point win. Longwood had a good second inning 
where they scored two runs. Other than that, a limited performance to say the least. You look at it, Tennessee cruised to a midweek victory, and that, that seems to be something that's pretty common with Tony Vitello, but it had a historic offensive output Tuesday night at Lindsey Nelson Stadium, defeating Longwood 28-2. to The Vols' 28-point output marks the, the most run total in a single game by a Tennessee team since February 14, 2004. That was the precursor to what was a college World Series appearance when they defeated Moorhead State 29-1. Tennessee 13-0 was balanced offensively. Eight different balls recorded two or more hits on the night. And Jordan Beck, a freshman, led the balls with three hits, including two doubles. Beck also drove in three runs. Alaric Solari and Zach Daniels homered in the first and the sixth inning, respectively, had two two hits and four RBIs apiece. Daniels also had his first career triple in the first inning. That's a good way to start uh, as you're you running the bases hard there to get the game going. Drew Gilbert, Luke Lipsius, Pete Durkay, Trey Lipscomb, and Matt Torino each had two hits with Gilbert, Lipsius, and Torino recording an extra base hit apiece. Tennessee used six different pitchers over the course of the contest with freshman Christian DeLashmitt being credited with his second win of the season after two shutout innings of work in which he gave up one hit and struck out four batters. Freshman Matt McLaughlin uh, got the start for the Vols, pitching two innings and recording three strikeouts before exiting the game. Cody Davidson, Will McBray, Kirby Cannell, and Ethan Anderson, all first-year players at UT, combined to pitch the final five innings, giving up no runs and just one total hit. Longwood 3-10 starting pitcher Dylan Champagne was credited with the loss. The Lancers walked into a total of 18 batters during the contest. They walked off 18 batters. That helps your your scoring total, but you got to get them on there, but you got to get them in, and that's been Tennessee's Achilles in the past. Notable, Tuesday's two-homer outing was Tennessee's 11th multi-homer game of the season. They've only played 13 and pushed the Vols' nation-leading home run total to 24. 13 different Tennessee players have hit home runs, while six Vols have multiple home runs. Let that sink in for a minute. 24 total home runs, 13 different Tennessee players have hit one, and six players have multiple home runs. If I could gulp really loud, I would. That's a that's a whoa moment, because that's 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 opportunistic baseball. That's taking what you're given and driving it driving it out of the out of the ballpark. Now, granted, a people a lot of people is going to be like, it's Longwood. They're three and ten now. It's 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 George Washington. It's 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 a bunch of these teams. Really, the only quality win is has been against Houston, Stanford, and maybe Texas. Texas Tech is the good win. Houston may be a good win. Stanford may be a good win. They've they've struggled after after the Big Rock Classic. So it is one of those things that Tennessee's doing what they got to do. They can't play. They can't go play the Yankees right now. They can't go play the Red Sox. They can't go play the Astros. One one I, I don't know that the Astros want to see that uh, without their their little toys. But anyway anyway I digress. Um, Tennessee's playing some really good baseball right now. You got to take what you're given. You got to drive it out of here. 
A lot of teams you watch can't do that. So I'm going to give credit where credit's due right now and let the uh, let let league play hopefully validate what has been a good start, early start to this season. Tennessee drew 18 walks during Tuesday's win over Longwood. Talked about that. Bring in the season walk total to 107, a mark that leads the nation. I don't know what that tells you. That either tells you we're really patient at the plate or we've seen a lot of really bad pitching. <laughs> Maybe a touch of both. I, I don't know and, and quite frankly don't care. Uh, Tennessee's knowing what to do with it when they get it. Again, a stat that you can't always say has been on the docket uh, for the Diamond Vols. But uh, nonetheless, uh, love Alaric Solari. I think he's the leader of this team from the plate. Uh, five at-bats, uh, three runs, uh, t- you know, four RBIs. He had he had a really good night uh, in, in his two-hit performance. A lot of these guys uh, are having a really good year. And I love that it's a lot of youth. I think what Coach Votello does is really create an atmosphere to where it's conducive to winning no matter where you are in the program, and I love that. It's it's come in, have good at-bats, play good in the field, play great in the field, and, and then when opportunities hit, play smart baseball. And and, and that's maybe a, a great oversimplification, but from a fan's perspective, that's what I see. They're aggressive at the plate. They're fundamentally sound in the field, and when breaks go their way, they run the bases hard. And at the end of the day, that's going to win some baseball games. Effort wins baseball games. Things that you can't necessarily fill a stat sheet with wins baseball games. And I think Coach Vitello's built a culture uh, that that lends itself to do that. So I love what's going on there. Now, now granted, you look at the schedule. Uh, they've got Wright State this weekend. Uh, that's their next game, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against Wright State. Looks like the weather's going to hold off and be pretty nice this weekend. So check them out. 6.30 start time on Friday, uh, 2 p.m. start time on Saturday, and a 1 p.m. first pitch on Sunday. Again, I'm a big proponent of Sundays just because it's kids' day. They got the playground. It's a great thing, and it's good, and it's good, and they can run the bases after the game. So uh, I'm a proponent of that. But they've got Wright State for that three-game stretch, and then ETSU next Tuesday before they get back on the road and go to Columbia, South Carolina, to take on the Gamecocks. That'll be a validating series, I would assume. South Carolina, a perennial. Uh, the last few years, not been as great baseball school as they have been, but nonetheless, a last in the last decade, national champion. So I think that always, uh, multiple national champions, by the way, uh, that should hold a touch of clout. But Wright State will be the next victim. Hopefully we can extend our weekend sweep streak to three as we took down George Washington and then had the great Round Rock Classic performance uh, in Texas. So hopefully we can continue sweeping on the weekends. Brooms are nice when it comes to baseball. But, uh, uh, again, a lot of things going on tonight and tomorrow, so midweek action out there for you. If you're in to the high school basketball scene, again, check out. Go to Bearden High School. Check out your Lady Rebels as they battle for a regional championship tonight. Scott West will lead his Lady Rebels into battle, and they will have an opportunity to host a sub-state game, but they're going to play in a sub-state-slash-sectional game nonetheless come uh, come early next week. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Get on Twitter if you're not if you're not going to the game. Follow. Uh, there's a the Troy Troy Provost Heron. 
he's a good follow, uh, a guy from the Daily Time Sports guy. And, and then there's a lot of good guys that go to these games that can give you updates. But again, Scott West, Lady Rebels, on the trail tonight to a regional championship. Wish them the best of the luck tonight. But also, and we'll talk about this again tomorrow, if you want to see uh, some boys action uh, tomorrow night, you can go see the the Alcoa Tornadoes at Fulton High School. They'll be in the regional championship. Or you can come to Maryville, just a small trek down the road, and get some basketball action. Joe Anderson, Coach Eldridge, and the Red Rebels will host, uh, as they're the host school for the region, will host a region championship game again both of those squads as well will play on monday night whether it's on the road or at home will be decided tomorrow night so that's that's fun that's something to be watching for and we'll of course update preview and talk about it again tomorrow and friday results uh, after the games have been played but but want to give a shout out one more time to 42sd.com 42nd Street Marketing, a group that I've I've hooked in with, partnered with, and they're going to build the brand that is The Grind from a website standpoint, from a print media standpoint, and they're going to get this brand out to the masses. And that's what it's about. It's about social media interaction. It's about websites. It's about, it's about content. And we're working on all of that with the great people at 42nd Street. Again, check them out. If you want to turn your idea or your small business into a dream, Get your branding right and get the thing uh, off and running. Check them out, 42SD.com, or you can give them a call. Talk to Miss Jana, 865-382-7007. You'll be glad you did. But if you like what you're hearing or you didn't catch all of today's show and want to go back and listen to how the Vols knocked out the cats in my rendition of it, check us out on Facebook. Uh, the grind underscore WKVL. Check us out on Twitter, the grind on sports. Check us out on Instagram, the grind on sports, or you can check us out on SoundCloud, the grind on sports. Can you see a trend here? Or Apple Podcasts, you can search the grind on sports or Google Play Music. If you're a podcaster, you like listening to it at your leisure, check us out on those two platforms Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music, the grind on sports. You'll be glad you did. Every show uh, is on the podcast from about mid-February. And if you go to SoundCloud, you can get every show from August 1st, 2018 to today. So a lot of content there on SoundCloud. A lot of content getting out there for the grind as we want to bring sports from a fan's perspective to the masses. And you do that by liking us on those social medias. Again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, or your podcasting provider, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play Music. Both have us, and you can get us both right there. Get on there, like us, and we'll uh, we'll continue to share right on those platforms. But we got to get on out of here. Don't miss Top of the Hour, Jason Swain and the Swain Event, and what is a local block of sports right here in your source for sports in Blunt County, WKVL. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care. Be safe. Go balls and grind on.